Ladies and gentlemen. What you gonna do? Brother, 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 brother. Welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It is Friday, September 10th, and this is the Impact Power Hour. It is just Ryan today. Uh, Angelo is traveling for work, and so, uh, yeah. Um, so, before we get into the podcast um, and into Impact's latest episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on all the different platforms. We are on Anchor, Spotify, TuneIn, Breaker, Overcast, Google, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. I can't remember all the rest. Um, and make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Deep Six Wrestling and on Twitter at Deep Six Wrestling. It's wrestling without the G at the end. Um, so, yeah, before we go into the episode, we should talk about uh, the news that came out yesterday right before Impact, I believe, uh, that um, Bound for Glory has moved times. Um, so they announced that it's officially at Samtown Live in Vegas uh, on October 23rd, but that they are going to be having uh, it at 10 p.m. Eastern Time instead of the 8 p.m. Eastern Time that they normally do. Uh, so it'll be 7 p.m. Uh, West Coast Time. Um, and... I think this that there's some people who are like, oh, why why wouldn't you just move days or why wouldn't you just do it earlier or do it the same time as normal? And I think the one reason is Impact realizes that AEW is really catching steam. They're really gaining steam on being the biggest wrestling promotion or weekly show, at least currently. Uh, after their big numbers this week. Uh, And since that Saturday is already going to have Dynamite at 8 o'clock, they don't want to have people have to pick and choose. Um, Secondly, I think the other important thing to remember is the fact that um, if you rent out a building for a show, you can't just be like a month later, be like, yeah, we're going to move this show to a different date because that venue might have that date booked. And even if it's not like listed as like, oh, there's no show, Samsung Live does, uh, does do weddings and conferences and uh, concerts and all this other stuff other than just wrestling uh, at this venue, so it's not like oh, I go on there and there's no con- there's no di- uh, thing listed that I can buy tickets to that day. Clearly, they were they're not booked. It could be booked that uh, for another day. You don't know um, because again, they're not going to sell tickets to a random conference that, like for work events or something like that. Uh, and third, they're already billing this as a show that has at least five promotions on it. It's Impact, NWA, AAA, AEW, New Japan, um, 
who else who who knows who else could be thrown on there um but if you are going to have all these different promo- promotions you need to make sure that all the people that you are going to have are available that day so if they couldn't make it next week or they couldn't make it a week earlier something like that and this is the only week they can do it then that's why they're kind of stuck in that date so yes, it sucks for East Coast fans that you're going to have a three to four hour show. Um, why would you do that? Like, you, why would you do a, a show starting at 10? Because that's going to go till like 2, 2 a.m. But like, on the other hand, what other cha- choice do they have? If they go against AEW, people are going to be like, oh, well, it's a sh- shit thing to do. You're going to... Like, destroy your numbers because people are going to choose AEW over you. And if you go, like, earlier in the day, you're going against college football. So it's a mess of a situation. This is the issue that you're going to have when you've got a big show on the same date as you. Um, That You don't have control over that. Um, Yeah. Uh, Next up. Uh, is the sh- we'll go right into the show. So again, uh, don't not watching it on Access currently. Watching it through the YouTube uh, and interesting way to do it this week. So they just skip the cold open, the intro, everything like that, and just put us right into the beginning of the Tasha Steeles versus Rosemary uh, match, um, which is odd. Um, but yeah, that's that's what we are we're doing for this show, apparently, um, and so yeah, Rosemary versus Tasha Steeles. Uh, just some quick notes about it. This was a very quick match, under five minutes. Um, considering the last time we saw Tasha wrestle, she was hanging with Rosemary and beating Rosemary. Um, yes, she had help from Savannah distracting, but for Rosemary to just win in under five minutes just with one spear weird choice um the decay's lighting is absolutely atrocious when you are trying to watch this it you cannot see anything that's awful absolutely awful uh and finally uh Savannah and Tasha end up stealing the titles after this. As Savannah like gets into the ring, Tasha steals the titles that were just chilling there, uh, and runs off with them. And then Matt Stryker just gets on the mic on commentary and is like, "Well, me and D'Lo know that whoever is in possession of the titles are the real champs." Ha ha. And it's like, "All right, cool. So, if anybody takes the world title during a match that the world champion is having." They're the new world champion. That's how that's how this works now. Cool. Uh, I didn't like this segment. I thought this was a really bad opening for Impact. Um, which is a shame because normally they've been having... They, me and Angela have kept on saying how like their opening matches are normally the big uh, ways to kick things off. This is not a great way to kick things off. Um, the crowd is really into decay. I do not care for them at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, after this, we've got Ace Austin backstage uh, with Gia and Fulton. Uh, Gia asked how, how, if Ace has been preparing at all for this match, and Ace says he's been pre- preparing for a long time to become the youngest world champ 
and impact history and that things aren't going to change tonight um, or aren't going to change in the future. He's going to continue to be focused and then Fulton like taps him on the back and is like, hey, he's coming. And so they're like, one second, Gia, and they leave and they go and see Scott and they're like, hey, like you, thanks for throwing me a match last week against Tommy Dreamer. You know, I noticed that Christian doesn't have to wrestle matches, so how about next week? Is Christian booked for a match? No? Well, I don't think Fulton is either, so how about they have a match next week? And Scott's like, oh, yeah, actually, and you don't have a match either next week, so how about you get a three, we can do a, a tag team match, Christian, somebody of his choosing versus you two. Or better yet, how about Christian finds two people, and you guys find a friend, and it's a six-man. Or how about we throw it back like the Attitude Era, because, you know, the, Christian's got to call out to all his peeps. Uh, he is Captain Charisma, after all, and how about we get a ten-man match, a good old-fashioned ten-man match. There you go. Thanks, Ace. Walks away, and Ace is like, what the hell? And this is a very valid point that, that Ace has, that <laughs> Scott threw a random match together last week to basically changed the world title match that he got an opportunity to, for. He won a, a, a match for the number one contender, and now like Scott's like, okay, we're going to throw this in. And this has been my issue with Ace Austin's booking all year. He won the Super X Cup. He was supposed to get an X Division title shot. They never allowed him to cash it in. When he did finally get a number one contender, or was finally cashing it in, they are like, oh, actually, you're going to cash it in for a number one contender's match, which... That's not the point of Super X Cup. What is the point of him winning the Super X Cup if he just has to win a number one contendership match, even though he has that granted? And now it's, oh, you know, you're, you've got a number one contenders thing. How about we just throw in other thing, people, and if they beat you, they get added to the match. It's stupid. I, and you can say, oh, well, Ace is a heel. He's got to face some comeuppance. And it's like, him losing is his comeuppance. <laughs> Um, the booking with Ace has been awful this year, um, and hopefully, maybe this is all leading to, like, a big surprise win, but I highly doubt it. Um, so, Christian, or not Christian, Ace and Fulton are looking for a new part, or walking around, and they see, uh, Brian Myers with all his people, Sam Beal, uh, Zicky Dice, and Manny Lemons. Uh, and Sam tells him that, that, hey, you guys got cut, you didn't answer the, the ad, and Brian Myers is like, Sam, take a knee, I know who these guys are, uh, and Ace also versus him a spot to be on the team for next week, and, uh, Brian Myers accepts, uh, and so, yeah, uh, that is our first person added to the heel sides team. Um, after this, we get a Violent by Design vignette, basically them uh, coming back for Rhino after leaving him in the prison for a week. Um, Rhino says that he is in the purest form that he has ever been. Uh, Eric Young says the sign about him being deep in a hole and looking up and someone smiling at him, so he smiled back. And then realize that violence is the only way to cure this world. And that's why he keeps Rhino around. Uh, Rhino might have let him down before, but now in this purest form, they, he can't let them down. 
they're unstoppable. They can go back to what they were put on this planet for. And, yeah, did absolutely nothing. Uh, after this, we get Carl Anderson versus Rick Swan in a bunkhouse brawl. Um, so AEW did a bunkhouse brawl, I believe at the beginning of the year or the end of last year, between Butcher and the Blade and, um, who was it, Dustin and, I forgot who the other person was, that's something. Anyway, um, yeah, this is not how you do a bunkhouse brawl. Um, this, this was not anything special. Um, this was just a street fight. Um, and I don't, I don't know what the point of this was. It was really silly. It was just... It was just a street fight that they, like, hyped up to be this massively bloody, violent match. And it was just a street fight. It was QT Marshall, by the way, before QT Marshall went heel. Never forget that. Um, yeah, so... I don't know what to say about this. This did nothing for me. Um, the crowd was really into... Rich Swan's entrance, which was just him walking down the entrance instead of dancing, and him in a jersey that said Swan on it, um, and wearing like camo pants, and the crowd seemed really confused about this match, and I think it's mainly because they were hyping it up to a bunkhouse brawl match, and I think people are like, oh, well, the last time anybody saw a bunkhouse brawl match, it was very violent. And then, like, you see the ring it has, like, these plywood, the plywood, you've got chairs all around, you've got weapons or, uh, at ringside. And, no, this just was, like, a stereotypical just street fight, no DQ match that, like, Impact has done a million times, WWE has done a million times. It just didn't do anything for me. The biggest spot of this match was the ending. Um, Rich Swan is up on the top rope. Gallows like pulls his leg while Carl Anderson is distracting the ref again in a no DQ match. It makes no sense. Um, and then Carl Anderson just goes for a gun stun off the top rope onto a table, and the table doesn't break. And the crowd, like, gasps. Carl Anderson picks up the win. And then there's no reaction. There's no booze. There's no cheers. There's no claps. There's just silence. And they pan around the ring. And everybody's just silent. And nobody, like, you can hear, like, people talking all of a sudden. Like, people just, like, conversating. And, like, Gallows just, like, tries to get heel heat by, like, yelling about Willie Mac being in a hospital bed still. This was an awful set. This this was stupid. This did not need to <laughs> This did not need to be anywhere uh, like this. This it, don't hype something up like this if it's not going to be anything special. Um I guess like when it was put on the middle of the card I should have expected like yeah. This isn't going to be this big bloody match it's just gonna be a regular match and that's what it was uh which is a shame uh it was a good 
I'd say it was a good match, but, like, it was literally just them, like, hitting each other with chairs and punches, and that was it. It, this under-delivered a lot. Um, after this, we get Mickey James sit-down interview, um, with Gia and Mickey talking about how uh, at NWA 73, it was supposed to be her big match. It was supposed to be her big return for to in-ring competition for almost a year. Um, back to like where she wanted to be, doing after a night that she had like dreamed of, like building up a all women's pay per view and succeeding, and now it was up to her to finally get her first in-ring match, and she wins, and it's imme- the moment's immediately taken away from her, from Deanna, or by Deanna, and she says that she should have known that Deanna was going to be there lurking, trying to take her out, trying to take over, uh, steal a spotlight, because that's what Deanna likes to do, is she wants to spotlight all on her, and she says that um, Mickey and impact go back a long way uh it's where she reinvented her career and it's where hardcore country mickey james became a thing and she says that diana has always been since she's started messing with mickey it's been with business mickey and now it's the only type of mickey that she's gonna be messing with uh, and looking for is hardcore country mickey and nobody messes with that yeah, I think everybody knew this was coming. Uh, this is exciting, definitely, because I'm excited to see what Mickey James can still do. I think her and Deanna match up really well. Deanna, as somebody who has just been killing it for the past year or so, basically, uh, in Impact uh, and around the world, or around the U.S., I guess, uh, and Mexico in AAA, now that she's the champ there. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I think this is definitely going to be the Bound for Glory matchup. They're not going to throw this with like a little no build onto Victory Road next weekend. Um, but yeah, definitely something to look forward to. Um, this has been a very long build. Uh, basically, all of last month leading up to um, Slammiversary was like the beginning, feeding the fire. Uh, but now it's, or not leading up to Slammiversary, what am I saying? Leading up to Empower, um, since Mickey came back. So yeah, I think this is, uh, definitely what we're, uh, what we're building to. I mean, Mickey did come out at Slammiversary, but anyway, yes. Um, after this, we have, uh, Drama King Matt doing his vignette. Matt Re- Rewalt, I think is, yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. Anyway, um, he challenges Trey next week to a match because um, he says he needs to be up close, personal with Trey to learn from his work and see it in person. Then we get our flashback moment of the week is Ultimate X from Bound for Glory 2013 between Samoa Joe, Chris Sabin. Austin Aries, Jeff Hardy, and Manic. That is a stacked match. Um, and Chris Sabin wins with help from an unwilling Velvet Sky. Uh, after this, we get Josh Alexander cutting a quick promo 
um, about just what he wants to do with the title and like why he accepted Chris Saban's challenge. And then Christian comes over and is like, hey, I'm a big fan of your work, which Josh is pretty happy about because Christian, Josh says he's a big fan of Christian and always has been. They grew up uh, real close to the, the town that Christian was from. Uh, and he's always looked up to Christian and that one day he hopes to be uh, able to challenge for Christian's title uh, against him in the ring. Christian uh, chuckles about, about that at the end of the promo. But before that, he points out that he's got this big match uh, next week, and he wants Josh Alexander on his team. Josh accepts. Uh, and, yeah, so we've got our first member on to uh, Christian's team now. So two, we've got two people on Christian's, three on Ace Austin's, and we've still got more of the show to go. Uh, after this, we get... Probably the worst promo of the year. And it's not because of the delivery, but it is because of the message. Uh, so Rohit Raju was talking about the, uh, how people are upset about what he did and saying that he shouldn't have hit Chelsea with his finisher like that. And he said that when he broke out of the, uh, the kill sw- or the unprettier, he looked into Chelsea's eyes and he saw that she wanted him to hit her. He wanted her he, she wanted him to uh, uh, give it, it everything he had because she wanted a real man to take control of the situation because <laughs> she isn't used to a real man, man anywhere. Holy fuck was this bad. <laughs> um, other than, you know, the subtle lines, like, teetering on, like, her wanting to be (laughs) abused and beat up. You don't say this stuff. Um, Yeah. Chris Bay versus David Finley is next. Um, This was the match of the night by far. Chris Bay is on fire. David Finley looked great. Um, It was very back and forth. You didn't know who was going to win. We've got uh, Chris Bay pulling off the uh, little things that Jay likes to do during his matches uh, in New Japan with him immediately going into the ropes to prevent uh, like the, his opponent from attacking him, yelling ref, ref. Um, you've got him doing the kicks to the face and chest, like the yes kicks from Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson, or whatever you want to say. Uh, and... Uh, Instead of, like, chanting yes, he wants people to chant bay for each kick. Um, He pulls off a really nice spine buster on Finley, to which Matt Stryker says, there's more to that story, but I'll save that for another time. (laughs) Ha-ha. And I'm very confused on what that is, but okay. Uh, And finally, Chris Bay goes to go for the roll-up like he did last time they faced each other putting his feet on the ropes but down comes juice robinson who gets a very big pop and chance for juice juice pushes the feet down uh chris bay is shocked uh and that allows david finley to roll him up from behind for the win uh and then 
Juice gets in the ring. Chris Bay goes into the ropes uh, to try to protect himself. Um, and Finley says, is this the guy that beat you up? And Juice nods and points to him. And then from behind, Hikaleo from Bullet Club uh, in New Japan shows up and <laughs> beats the crap out of everybody. Uh, and Chris Bay says, uh, gets to, goes to the camera and says, this is why nobody can truly beat Chris Bay or Bullet Club. Uh, he gets a chair, he puts it around Juice's foot. And then he go. He looks like he's gonna go for like an art of finesse on him, which looked was like okay, that doesn't make sense. But he goes for the springboard, uh, and Hikaleo grabs him and slams him, or like like guides him to do a stomp onto Juice's feet. Uh, I thought that looked pretty cool, um, and I think this is the first time Chris Bay has gotten booed. Um, which is great. That's what you like to see. Um, after this, we get the X Division contract signing between Josh Alexander and Chris Sabin. Uh, Josh pulls out the line again that he did earlier about how, you know, Chris, uh, Chris Sabin likes to hype up that he's like this eight-time champion. That means he's lost that title eight times as well. I haven't lost it once. And I don't plan on losing it now. Uh, Saban points out that he's been a huge fan of Josh's work every time he steps in between the ropes. But he needs to. He wants to show that he is the greatest X Division X Division champion of all time. Uh, and then uh, Scott says, "Hey, you know, um, you guys are both great." I'm big fan of both of you guys. Josh, you're putting on one of the greatest uh, X-Division title runs of all time. Saban, your work is unquestioned. You're one of the greatest Impact legends of all time since the beginning of Impact. Um, I just hope that at the end of this, the, uh, the night at Victory Road, no matter the outcome, that you guys can shake hands in the middle of the ring and there's no bad, hard feelings uh, and that you guys both still respect each other. Um, Josh gets up. They leave, and before Saban can leave, Christian comes in, offers him a spot on the team. Saban says yes. Um, after this is Swinger's Palace uh, with Falaba, no way, uh, and TJP. Uh, TJP puts money on Steve Macklin to beat Petey Williams. Um, and no way, Jose says, oh, I understand why you like this uh, bootleg uh, Caesar's Palace. Uh to which Alicia Edwards says, no way, Jose. Uh, and Swinger thinks that that was a swipe at uh, Hernandez. And Alicia tries to say that's his name. And so Swinger bans uh, them from, or I'm sorry, Fala says, no, no, that's Swinger's name. Or not Swinger's name, uh, that's no way's name. Uh, to which uh, Swinger bans Fala Ba from Swinger's Palace forever, uh, and No Way Jose or No Way is upset about that, so Hernandez bans No Way forever, and TJP's like, hey, before we all get banned, I've already got my money down, so let's just make sure that this pays off. I've got something to do. Follow me. Uh, then we get Petey Williams versus uh, Steve Macklin, 
and this is fine. PD is in control for 90% of this match, which this is the weakest that we've seen Steve Macklin. Um, and then out comes TJP, Falaba, and No Way in a conga line to distract PD Williams so that Steve Macklin can win. What the fuck is this booking? Um, I understand that TJP is mad that Petey came to help him out from getting beaten up with a chair. But what the... You answer that by costing him a match and then just, like, dancing away? This was stupid. Um, This makes Macklin look stupid that the only way he could win is with the help of a fucking conga line when he's supposed to be this big badass. Uh, This was awful. Um, Eddie Edwards is backstage uh, and he says that he is ready for his match with Moose tonight. They've had multiple matches before. Everybody knows the story between them. Uh, There's no love lost between him and Moose and he knows that Morrissey's going to be around and there's no love between him and Morrissey um, and he's ready for him this time. Sammy comes out. He says, you said last week that you don't want my help and look what happened. I'm offering it again. Do you want my help? And Eddie says, hell no. I'll never want your help. I'll never accept your help. Christian shows up. Christian says, hey guys, I want both of you guys for my uh, partners. And they're both like, oh yeah, we're into it. And Sammy's like, you know what? I'm in. Walks away. And Eddie's like, oh, well, Sammy's in. I'm out. Uh, you gotta choose one of us. You can't be both. And Christian's like, but I need you both. Like, come on, think about it, Eddie. And he's like, I've got a match to go to. Uh, then we go uh, to uh, Ace, uh, who is backstage. Uh, and Gia's like, hey, uh, Christian's team looks to be filling up. Uh, do you know who your last two people are going to be? And Moose and Morrissey come over and say, hey, if Sammy or Eddie are involved in next week's match, we want in. And so the heel team for next week is Ace Austin, Madman Fulton, Brian Myers, Moose, and W. Morrissey. Um, Then we got our main event. It is Moose versus Eddie Edwards. This was a really good match. These guys have really good chemistry. There's no real shenanigans for most of this match. Morrissey's on the outside watching. Um, and Eddie like gets hit into a corner near the end of this match. Uh, and Morrissey like, is like looking into Eddie's eyes, seeing if Eddie's gate, uh, dazed, and tells Moose when to come and where to go for the uh, spear. Uh, Eddie gets out of the way. Uh, then Morrissey like, trips up Eddie. Uh, Eddie then goes for a dive onto uh, Morrissey to take him out of the equation. But as he gets back in, he eats a spear for the win for Moose. Um, but I think the best part about this whole thing was uh, there's a little like the punches back and forth, back and forth. Um, and Eddie whips out this wild lariat that the crowd goes absolutely nuts for, uh, flipping Moose inside out. Um, this was a great sell by Moose. Uh, Eddie sells the spear fantastic as normal. Uh, 
And then Morrissey and Moose start beating Eddie down. Um, and this is like a five to six minute segment of just a beat down um, with everybody involved. Uh, so Chris Saban comes for the save. Um, he runs uh, Moose and Morrissey off for a bit, but then Brian Myers and Sam Beal, Zicky Dyson, and Manny Lemons come out and beat up Saban. Josh Alexander comes in, suplexes everybody, uh, and then hits the C4 spike on Myers. And then Madman Fulton and Ace come in and beat up um, Josh. Christian comes in, hits the kill switch on Fulton, but uh, eats uh, good ends of Gurry um, from Ace. And then Eddie gets back up and he beats up uh, Ace and throws him out. And Christian goes after him. And Moose and Morrissey get back up uh, and start beating up uh, Eddie again. Lights go out. Uh, or lights like flicker because it's totally early, I believe. It was, I think, I, I don't know what was going on, but like dimmed for a bit, at least on my screen. Uh, Alicia comes out with a kendo stick and hits Moose, hits Morrissey. Morrissey grabs the, the stick, then grabs her. Looks like he's going to choke slam her. Lights go fully off. Sammy Callahan is there with two baseball bats, gives one to Eddie. Eddie accepts it. They beat up Morrissey and Moose. Uh, and then they look at each other, they start yelling, Christian gets in the, between them and says, come on, we need to work together to get these guys for next week. They tap baseball bats, everybody's happy. Next week is Ace Austin, Madman Fulton, Brian Myers, Moose, and W. Morrissey versus Christian, Josh Alexander, Chris Sabin, and Sammy Callahan, and Eddie Edwards. That is the only match announced for next week. Um... Interesting. Um, and then we also have uh, next weekend is Victory Road. Um, and we know four matches are there right now. Ace Austin versus Christian Cage uh, for the Impact World title. Josh Alexander versus Chris Sabin for the X Division title. Decay versus Tasha Steeles and Savannah Evans for the Knockouts tag titles. And Finjuice versus Chris Bay and Hikaleo are the four matches for that. Um, overall, this was not the strongest night, um, but this was a really, they did have some good matches on it. Um, this, the main event was really good. Uh, Bay versus uh, Finley was fantastic, but, um, the bunkhouse brawl and, uh, the opening match just were not great. Uh, some of the promos were really good, like, uh, Josh Alexander's stuff. The contract signing, um, Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan still will will they will won't they work it out, um, and Mickey James's promo, excellent stuff. Swingers Palace, fantastic as always. But there's also some bad stuff on here. The opening match being pretty meh match. The bunkhouse brawl being just a standard street fight that didn't do anybody any favors um the Rohit promo one of the worst things I've seen in quite some time um yeah um I'm gonna give this a thumbs in the middle 
Um, yeah, I can't go thumbs up. I can't go totally thumbs down because the match is the two the main event and uh, the Finley versus Bay match was just really good. So it keeps it from going thumbs down or thumbs in the middle pointing down. But they've got to pick it up. Got to pick it up. Um, we will be back next week for uh, another episode of the Power Hour and most likely going to go into uh, make a little bit of Victory Road. Maybe we'll watch it. Uh, who knows? Uh, but thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.